He does indeed provide everything that we need, doesn't he? Oh, come on, you guys. Amen. What? Has he not provided you anything this week? I want you to know, Wednesday night, we came together and we, we had our prayer service. And uh, just a few of us, just a handful of people. But, you know, we started doing what we normally do, and that is we start thinking about who can we pray for. And we talked about that, and we prayed for him. But then we started talking about what God did for us this week. You know, what he, we receive from him in the way of blessings. And you know what? He never stops, does he? Mm, now we got some people saying amen and uh-huh. He never does stop. You know what? Did you have any troubles this week? Did you hurt? Huh? Everybody here did, if you're being honest. You had some problems and you had some trials. But you know what the good news is? Jesus Christ never leaves you. And all these trials and all these problems that we have, we give to him. And we have comfort and peace that passes all understanding. The only reason that we don't realize that is when we get in the way. Amen? Amen. Uh, I want us to go this morning. And we're going to, you know, we just finished these Beatitudes. And uh, we, uh, everybody here got them all damn pat, right? So we're done with them, right? Mm-mm. Matter of fact, it's just the beginning because that teaches us how to live. And we live by the what he told us to be and how he said how we're going to be blessed. We're blessed with him when we live by these beatitudes. Um, if those of you who haven't been here with us, it's in Matthew 5, 1 through 12. And... Um, Jesus gave them to us to show us that these are the characteristics of what a Christian is, who we are to be. And we are to be that every day. We're to practice it. So if you didn't get all of that, go back and read it again. Matter of fact, I really need to be practicing that every day. He gives us these characteristics to be developed in our lives as, as we... we uh, Serve him with fear and trembling. That's how we are to be strengthened and grow in him. That's what it says in Philippians 2. And he tells us that we are blessed by these, man, these beatitudes because that's they show up in our lives. And, and, and each of them comes, did you get this? I hope when you read them, everyone comes with a promise from God of how he will bless us. Okay. But as uh, beatitudinal Christians, if you're going to go look that word up, it's in the uh, boulevard unabridged. I think we kind of made that one up on our own. We learned that we're different from the rest of the world. And what we've seen here the last couple of weeks is that we are different and we will be persecuted for it. What? Here we are. We, we've given our hearts and our lives to Christ, and we're living by his rules, which are hard to do, aren't they? Amen. Yeah, they are. And so we, we live that way, and then we're persecuted for it because we're Christians. And so, you know, it kind of begs the question. So here I am. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Christian. I'm saved. I'm sanctified. I'm being sanctified through Jesus Christ, but I've been saved to God. I, I all the sin has been is looked over, is taken away by Jesus Christ, and God doesn't see it anymore because he sees it through Jesus. So what am I doing in this world of sin? Why am I still here? Did you ever ask that question? I know that several have said that in front of me before. What am I doing here? I'm saved. I have a home in heaven. Why am I still here? Hmm. Maybe I ought to just go out in the woods and live alone. That way I'm away from everybody. You know, I can be alone with God, right? That, that would be a way to just get away. 
I know a lot of people who did. As a matter of fact, I'm not going to go there, but I, I did meet with, with some people here this week who, who were just, they couldn't wait to be retired and get away from all of this stuff. And they were preachers. How sad is that? It is sad, isn't it? We never stop being persecuted and we never leave the love of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And you know what? We're in this world for a reason. We are in this world for a reason. He put us here. He left us here, right? Here's what Scripture says that makes that all wrong. Peter tells us, but, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. We're here to proclaim that. And Jesus said in these very next words after the Beatitudes, here's what he says. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt's lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You know, I, this is one time when I really wish we could go back. I didn't find any commentary that comment, commented on this. But the word for being tasteless, and whatever your version is, is a word that means foolish. When the salt is gone foolish, without God, um, it means, actually, it's a word that actually sounds like moron. Become dull. That's what moron means, dull. Without, so God says when that happens, you're worthless. But we're not worthless. We're in Christ, aren't we? Amen. Okay. So here we are. We're poor in spirit and merciful and meek and hungering and, and thirsting after righteousness in order that we might be the salt of the earth. And Jesus has done something now. He's moved from, from telling us how our Christian character is supposed to be and he's developed in how we are to live. How we are to live in this world. We're here. Everybody here? Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. We're here, and he has us here for a reason. He tells us about our relationship to the world, and this is where he begins to tell us all about it. So one question that comes up um, when a 21st century believer reads this, this, this passage is, why salt? We really don't get that. There's a reason why we don't get it. So I, I want us to know, I went to that great theological resource, Wikipedia. And uh, you may already know that salt has been used as a preservative for centuries. Everybody knows that. If you went all the way through school, you know that. But as, as you know that, I mean, you may not know this, all known animal life requires salt. Everything that breathes requires salt. Hmm. Everything that has life and breath, praise you God. Amen? <laughs> and it has to have salt. Uh, too much, oh, it's not good. Right? Okay, I know that. But some is required in all breathing life. Salt has been considered a valuable commodity for that very reason. And we can find archaeological digs from 6,000 years ago where they were actually trading salt as a commodity. It was so important in their lives. 
Um, and this, this, you may not know this. Here's an interesting thing. Thank you, Wikipedia. The sal in salary originated, originated from the payment of salt. How do you like that? For work that was being done. And it was actually, it was for a payment to the Roman soldiers. Um, Paul wrote to the Colossians, let your speech, this is what Billy read for us a while ago. Thank you so much. He says, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Ah, here we are. Back to shoppers. <laughs> I'm not running an ad for them, by the way. <laughs> That's symbolic. You got it for being out in the world? Yeah? Okay. So today we use salt mainly for... Um, Seasoning, but of course, uh, with our modern intelligence, uh, we've we've improved on salt, and it's uh, um, we've added things like iodine and all that stuff, so that take care of it, it saves us from goiter and 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 mental retardation, according to Wiki, and uh, and too much, of course, will kill you from other diseases uh, that have been in, imposed by our culture and all of its control of of God's stuff, but. Uh, the production of, of this 6,000-year-old commodity is heavily regulated by the FDA. So we can make good and sure that God gets it right this time, right? Uh, and then, of course, too much salt. I, I love that. some of the illustrations in the Bible. There's that, that uh, pillar uh, case in the Bible of salt overdose in Genesis 19.16. Remember that when uh, she got turned into salt because she didn't do what God said not to do? Um, and there's a case in Judges 9.45, I like that one, where King Abimelech actually went and took salt and seeded a whole city so they can never use it again, coated in salt. So, you know, the, the salt, salt overdose is, is not really a good idea. I can tell you this, there's a lot of religious organizations even now, the Wiccas and the Egyptians and, and Romans, Shintos and others used to, to uh, positively invoke their gods um, with with salt, and uh, that's how the Aztecs actually invoked their fertility god with salt. Strange stuff, isn't it? This salt thing. So salt has always been a really positive, valuable commodity uh, for the whole world. But Jesus said that we're to be the salt of the earth. Huh. We're we're an important part of the world, folks. Jesus said it right here. We're here and we're his. We're his salt. So you can't be, get out of being in the world and being his, in his so. So in this passage, he tells us how we are to function in the world as his salt. In the light of the present condition of the world, it's my opinion that there's been never been a more important time or a greater time of need for salt. Us as salt in the world. I think we're needed more now than ever before in the history of the world. So let's look at this. First thing, what this text really says, uh, Matthew 5.13. It says about Christians in the world and, and how we shall live. You are the salt of the earth. That's what Matthew 5.13 says. It's not only a, a, a description of, of a Christian, but it, it also implies a description of the world we live in. Um, Salt was used 2,000 years ago when, this, when uh, Jesus said this, and it can still be used today as a preservative. We know that, right? That's how we, we've learned that one. It, let me tell you what it means when it says it's a preservative. It's an agent to prevent rotting. Think about that. 
We're the salt to be put into the world to keep it from rotting. Okay, got that? Here we go. When Jesus says you're the salt of the earth, what is he implying about the condition of the earth, of the world around us? It's rotting. It's putrefying, as you want to know the truth, isn't it? It's fading away. It's like meat that that, that has become putrefied. You know what that really is talking about? Sin. Sin does that. It putrefies the world, doesn't it? It causes it to rot. And you know what? Here we are. Salt. Salt to keep the world from becoming putrefied. We say that our modern times are better off than, than, the, than the world has ever known. Well, we certainly have more man-made things now to distract us, things to keep us. And they just bombard us all day long. And, uh, but it is obvious that we're no better off in the sin department <laughs> than they were uh, 2,000 years ago. Still, sin is still here. And it just goes on unabated. Just keeps on keeping on, doesn't it? Sin is, the world is rotting because of it. And, you know, I think it's rotting at a faster pace than ever. Paul explained it, saying that the world is full of sin, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. It is indeed. So we're born with this sin that carries its own germs and its own rotting mechanism death is what it what it brings us doesn't it it's all part of the world ah but you know what you've been saved from death by jesus if you know jesus christ if you ask him to come into your life you're saved from death by just receiving him in and he comes in and he lives Uh, and he says that now you are the salt of the earth him in you you become him and he becomes you you're the salt of the earth and you know what that is i I think that is i think that's the uh, the antiseptic that stops the germs from spreading and you know what and you are here you're the one that's carrying the antiseptic you thought you were carrying the germs didn't you Uh -uh. we're carrying the antiseptic that jesus gives us so what does this tell us about Christians living in the world? Well, the world is rotting and polluted with sin. Jesus said that you are, and you alone, are the salt of the earth. Now, I have to tell you, folks, that's loaded. You think someone else is going to do it for us? They're not. It just ain't going to happen. He taught us in these verses before that we are unlike anybody else in the world. And so salt is different from the environment um, or the medium it's placed in. And it's different qualities of the salt that make it effective. It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and be trampled under people's feet if it loses its savor, as the King James says. The Christian, i got to tell you, the Christian is as different from the world as salt is from the meat that it's rubbed on to preserve it. We're distinctive. We are different. Not only is a Christian different, but he brings glory to God and, and his being different, and, he, and he's blessed because of it. We've already been through all of that these last few weeks, right? 
We are to be as a different in the world as Jesus was different from the world that he lived in. We're to be just as different. A true Christian is a separate, unique, outstanding kind of individual who clearly stands out in the world. And that's what we've been saying. You are different. Don't be ashamed of it. Be proud of it. You know, we were saying prayer yesterday morning. Sometimes in the grocery stores, one day in the grocery store, sometimes somebody said something. And I said, praise the Lord. And then I went, say that right out loud in the grocery store? <laughs> What are they going to do to me? I thought, but I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God unto salvation for all who believe. Amen? Yeah, so we shouldn't be ashamed of that at all. So let me ask you a question this morning. Um, do you stand out in a crowd? Yeah, I, I know. You stand out in, your, in the crowd when you're at work, friends, associates, any crowds that you're hanging in. Are you seen clearly as a different person as a Christian? Did they see you that way? Uh, Let's talk about how how, how we function as salt of the earth. Well, we see pretty clearly in this passage that salt is a preservative, right? Okay, so by being in the world, a true Christian is a preserving agent. There you go. You want to be a secret agent? Don't have to be secret. You're a preserving agent. Amen. Let's get, her, let's get her own TV show. What do you say? Huh? You're now a preserving agent. You've been ordained. Um, you know, you ever been in a, you go into a conversation and uh, people know you're a Christian. I, I used to have this happen at work. You had to go up to them and, and they go quiet. They change their language when you come up. You know, that happens a lot. That happens a lot as a preacher. Do you think I've never heard those words before? Oh, you wrong. <laughs> But dude, people come in, you know, they, they change what they're talking about. They change their conversation because they're, it's a Christian. You know, I know you're one of those Bible thumpers. You know, I have to watch out. I can't, I can't say anything around you that I wouldn't. You know, right? Why? You know why they do that? Because you're salt. Rejoice. You know what you've just done? You preserve the world from rotting for just a second, maybe a few minutes. But you did. Thank, praise the Lord. Jesus is working through you. You're a salty person. Yes. Well, I don't mind being a salt, do you? Now I'm just an old salt. They actually made movies about that, you know? You know, if you feel rejected, it's okay. That just means that you're salt. It's just the salt in you doing its thing in the world. Yeah? Makes sense now? And it's true, isn't it? Okay. Unfortunately, we got a world around us that try to prevent us from being salty. Uh-huh. It doesn't like that much, does it? Uh-huh. It doesn't allow us. It doesn't like us talking about faith uh-huh. in Christ out in the open, out in the public. You know, it's funny. I, I can talk about, I can mention Buddha. I can mention, mention Krishna. I can do any of that kind of stuff when I walk around and nobody thinks anything about it. But going around talking about Jesus Christ, Savior and Lord, the guy who saved, who died on the cross for everybody around us, See what happens. See how much you're accepted, okay? So why is that? Why is that? Are they afraid of Jesus? Uh-huh. uh-huh. You're, you're throwing salt on them is what's happening. They're rotting. You know, I say let's stop rotting and let's have a blessed life right out in front of everybody. Let's be salt. Let's spread some salt. Be salt spreaders. It's okay. 
You know, it brings us to another property of salt we see in this verse, and that's it. It's, it's flavor. It's savor, I think it says in one version. You know, without the salt, it's flavor. The world is flavorless. <laughs> Boy, let's flavor this place up. What do you say? Look around you. Look all the hurrying around. And you know what? They, they do all this hurrying around and everything to add spice to life, right? Isn't that right? Isn't that right? It's useless because people of the world are never satisfied with the latest and the best and the shiniest, are they? With the spiciest of life? Nah, they never, never does. You know, a true Christian is satisfied with Jesus. Amen. Amen. That's another question you need to ask. Are, is your life satisfying? Are you satisfied with Jesus? Amen. I hope you are. Because that's all that there is. It's all that really makes any, anything important at all. You know, a, a true Christian, he hungers and he thirsts for righteousness. Oh, yeah. Where did we read that just recently? And he's satisfied with Jesus because of it. The natural man of the world is always reaching for, for a new spice, a new flavor. Uh, without Christianity, the world is flawless, it's flavorless, isn't it? It has no flavor. And without you, the salt of the world, without you, the world is flavorless. Think about that. That's why you're here. And it's important that you be salt, that you bring the real flavor in the world that you stop its rotting. If the Christian is flavorless along with the world, then it's, look at this, if it's flavorless, it's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. So how do we salt the world? How do we go about doing all of this? Well, uh, I don't think you're going to salt the whole world by yourself. But I don't think you should leave it up to the church to do it for you. Boy, now I'm meddling, aren't I? We somehow projected the Old Testament idea about God's relationship with his people onto ourselves. Israel was a nation. God judged them as a nation. He gave them rules as a nation. But praise the Lord, we're on this side of the cross. And Jesus Christ has a personal relationship with each and every one of you who has received him. It's up to you individually to be the salt of the world, the salt of the earth all around us. Um, you know what? We are so full in the world of all these people who are trying to do things to spice it up. We've got all the marchers and all that stuff going on. Mm-mm. You know what? We never found Paul writing a letter to his legislator. You never found any of the churches writing to Rome about the way they were treated, the way they were represented, about the way that the government was. No, they didn't. They were persecuted, but they didn't go and complain. They didn't stage any protests or anything. I understand the strength of the Roman army. It was faithful living of individuals who placed their faith in Jesus Christ that caused the Roman Empire to fall. It fell to Christians. Christ in people. Christ in Christians. You know what? Why do we go and say we want to protest? We want to, why don't we just let people see Jesus in us? He's more powerful than anything in, around us. I guarantee you that Jesus Christ is more powerful than all of Congress. 
and all of the, 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 the bombs and everything that we have amassed or anybody, any other country has amassed. He's more powerful than all of that. And our, we have a, an individual personal relationship with him. Mm. I believe that the world has not been salted enough. And it's our fault. I think the world would be a whole lot different. Uh, the salt would be in the world where it's supposed to be. You know, we really would be the salt of the earth. You know what I think our, our country's really suffering from right now? It's not a, not a, a dollar shortage because it's been exchanged. It's not a food shortage. It, 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 it's not a air pollution, you know, the lack of oxygen. I think it's a salt shortage. I think we need to have a little more salt spread out. What do you think? You know, the proof is in, the, in history that it's all about the salt of God's people. You know, I, you know I, I love reading Christian history, the history of the church since Christ was here. And if you go back and you look at the first and the second great awakenings in America, you'll find that whole cultures were preserved because individuals, individuals like you and me became the salt and preserved the world around them. They weren't going to sit still and let the world take them over. They said, I have Christ. Nothing else matters. And they stood with Christ and became the salt of the earth. They didn't do it by protest. They didn't do it by marches. They really didn't do it by gun battles. Any of that stuff. But by just being the salt of the earth. Individuals being the salt of the earth. You know, sermons were preached by preachers and people's lives were changed eternally, not by government edicts, not by government programs, not by anything that was going to save them at all from the, from the government or any, any mass organization or institutionalized church, religion, or anything, but by individuals being the salt of the earth. Neither nation nor government acted as seed or catalyst, but instead individuals were the salt of the earth and the world. And you know what? It was changed. Maybe just for a little while, but it was changed because they were the salt of the earth. And how did they get to be salt? Jesus Christ, working through them, his power. Let me say this before closing. The present state of the world and in our country is proof that we need salt. We need to be the salt of the earth. It appears that our nation and the church has paid more attention to politics and in the past 75 years than all the previous years combined. Now I'm getting, now I'm meddling, aren't I? Oh boy. You know, we have religious denominations and huge religions and politically correct associations and that spend billions of dollars billions of dollars to protest downtown Washington, D.C. for moral rights. But our nation is more immoral than ever. Not working. Not working at all, is it? Why is that? Could it be that we're suffering from a severe salt shortage? What would you do? What would happen if each of us just stood 
in wherever we are, whether you're in the grocery store, at work, or even on the beltway. I'm guilty of that one. And, and you showed people that you're salt of the earth, Christ living in you. showed them his love. You know, when people come up and they threaten you, you show them his love. Stops it immediately. There are a few Christians who are willing to be salt, I'm afraid. And there are not enough conversations that change because a known Christian has entered the room. There are far too many devious and just plain immoral business plans out there. And they're being implemented and been told you'll be rewarded for it. That's horrible, isn't it? We actually teach that in business schools. You'll be rewarded for being conniving and doing all the things and being spicy in the world. How many of them teach us to be, show me one business class anywhere, high education or low education, that teaches the Beatitudes as a, as a model for your business? Not any other. Pretty sad, isn't it? Why are we in this condition? That's why. We need to be, we need to be the salt of the world, folks. Um, you know, I was I, another thing. I, I wanted to know this. I googled this one, so I know it's true. That um, we have lost our savor. I'm afraid there are too many movies and TV shows and YouTube videos and video games that celebrate mass killing as the reward. Whoa. They celebrate murder and death and, and, and all kinds of immorality. Do you know this? This, this just blew me away. $18.4 billion was spent on Xbox and PlayStations last year. And in just the next few months, there's going to be millions of those devices sold to be given away and celebrated as fun and excitement. Sad. Really sad. You know what? I remember that old Burger King commercial about where's the beef? Uh-huh. I found the beef. It's rotting. Right here in front of us. It doesn't have enough salt. It needs to be stopped. You know, as true Christians, we can act as a salt at a time like this and a time when salt of the world is, is, is needed more than ever before. It's not something to be done by the church. It's to be done by you and me, wherever we are. Look around. You know, uh, I know you see a lot of moral decay and rot going on all around you. And, uh, you know, look at the horrible, dis- I, this has happened several times this week, discussions. Look at the horrible disregard for marriage. The sacred relationship that God made for his children to bring glory to him. And look at the disregard for life all around us. You know, we've actually legislated murder. We call it abortion, whatever you want to call it, but we legislated it. Hmm. We, matter of fact, we've legislated murder before and after birth now, haven't we? Mm, I'm meddling today. I can smell the tar and feathers heating up. 
greed and coveting are taught in schools. You know, we, when you really look at it, I did this one not too long ago. If you go and you look at the legislation that we passed in just the last 50 years, do you know that we've outlawed all ten commandments? We've made them all legal. Or wherever it said not to. Wow. The honest and unbiased president uh, in, the, in the unbiased press isn't going to change anything, folks. In their honesty, are they? It's because they're not. Even organized religious dominations aren't doing the job. Most of them are built on uh, business models and government regulation is, is taking away their savour. Every one of us in our circle has to control it so that the whole lump, the whole mass will be preserved. We have got to be salt. No matter how much it hurts, we've got to be the salt of the earth. You know, when you receive Christ in your life, you received eternal life. Saved to the God of glory forever and ever. It's a gift. You've been saved. You also became salt when that happens. The stuff, uh, the right stuff that the world might not rot with the sin that's in it. And that's why you're here. That's why we are here. To preserve the world. We're not going to do the whole thing. But that's what we're supposed to be doing folks. And you know what? Don't see a lot of results. Do you? Will you be the salt of the earth? Wherever you go. Whatever you do this week. From now on. Will you be the salt? Will you let Jesus live through you. And salt the world around you. The sin to stop. can't take it away. Only he can take away the sin. But you can stop the putrefaction right around you. Let others see Jesus in you. Be the salt of the earth. That's what he left you here to be. Amen. Lord, we come before you this morning confessing, Lord, that we hadn't been salty enough <laughs> you said that we are the salt and Lord forgive us forgive us Lord and we allow the savor to be lost Lord I know that we can't lose our saltiness because you're always with us so Lord help us help us Lord to be the salt you left us here to be Lord help us to be the ones who let the other world know that you are alive and still in charge and you left us here, Lord, to show the world that. Oh, Lord, be alive in us. Lord, be seen through us. And Lord, thank you for loving us. Thank you, Lord, for loving us through everything that, that we do wrong. Thank you, Lord, for being our, as Scripture says, our mercies are new every morning. You give us your mercies and your grace and your love and your wisdom and your strength we just sang about earlier, Lord. Thank you for that. Lord, may we be your salt to the world around us. And all of it, Lord, for your glory, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen.